game. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Let that ride out. Money's all I think of on a Champions League final Sunday. I'm going to tell you what I think like. I think like this. There's goals. There's goals all over this game. And while the easy bet has to be Bayern, Bayern's a powerhouse. And I've been telling you this entire tournament, there's no way that team loses. I, I just believe that it's their moment. They're built the best. I do think that they can win. They should win this game. But you know when you see those easy bets and you're thinking, what, Bayern's only like minus 105 to win in 90 minutes? That's that's money in the bank. And everyone that sent me, I always tell people, don't send me bets. I don't want to see that. I don't want to have a narrative change. Everyone that sends me picks, they say, Bayern to the bank, baby. Tell people Bayern, Bayern this, Bayern that. That scares me. Instead of doing that, for Bayern to win, I believe that they're going to have to score at least two or three goals. I don't believe that PSG goes out there and scores none. So keeping that frame of thought, if Bayern's going to win, like everybody says, and they got to score at least two or three to beat that PSG team, and PSG's going to get on the board, they're not. You're not going to tell me that Bayern's going to hold Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria to zero goals. It just, I just can't fathom that thought. So do it like this: both teams to score over two and a half. It's moving away from you. Last night it was at minus one seventy, and it's a juice bet. But man, I'm thinking. That, they're giving you money at that point. I think they're giving you money. Take both teams to score and over two and a half. If your book still has three at juice, minus 160, that's a free bet to me. If someone said, hey, Jerry, you, you and Josh, you're going to go to the casino all day and y'all going to drink so much beer. You're going to eat steaks and you're going to come home with the same exact amount of money that you left. I'd say it's a free bet. I'm hitting the over three on a max bomb. Now, some of you might say, man, I don't have any of those bets. My book doesn't allow me to do these things. I mess with this local. Well, first of all, that's your fault. You need to go to mybookie.ag. Use promo code RADIO, and you're going to put in that bet, and you're going to get some kind of deposit bonus. They're doing all types of bonuses for this tournament specifically. Get over there and do that, because if your book's not allowing you to do these little things, both teams are scoring over, or or both teams are scoring, just all types of things that these local bookies don't allow, because they're not about that life. I'm telling you, books don't want you. Not like, hey, my bookie just, hey, take all my money, but they allow you to open the game up and and, and dictate what you where, where you want to put your money. That's what you got to do. Again, go to mybookie.com. AG, use promo code radio, hit Champions League over three at Juice Money. Both teams to score over two and a half, also Juice. Now, if you don't have those and, and you're just saying, Jerry, I don't even have money to, to go ahead and put online right now on my bookie, I'm playing over three and a half has to be your bet then. It has to be. Uh, I, I'm not going to, I'm not putting my name on that right now because, again, I'm, I'm lined up on these other two. But if you have to bet the three and a half, I believe you get there. First half over 1.5 as well goal in the first 20 minutes of the game at plus 200 something i mean you could get more than i believe there's a goal in the first 15 minutes guys there's goals all over this game let me just put you on the right side of that hit goals if you must pick byron hey i'm praying for you they should win this game and that's all i'm hearing for everybody but you know what happens josh when everyone's like hey this is the this is the bet byron 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 it doesn't always play out that way no it you always talk about it a lot of times it's the the hold your nose specials that actually pay off for you so you know, you got to pick your spots, but Jerry's very passionate about this bet, guys, so get in on it. And I also wanted to bring up, we haven't talked about it yet, uh, Rockets, tough loss, tough loss yesterday, right? Tough, tough. Not because, let's, okay, when you have a lead, five-point lead within a minute, you, you, you expect to win that game. And it's basketball. It's only, that's what, two possessions? Okay, a lot can happen. But then the way that the things went down to end that game, the referees, yes, they were against, I mean, they were, dude, I was, I'm like, something's up here. Because to me, that ball definitely touched Steven Adams' hand, don't you think? The way, and that's what's so crazy, because at first I did, and then his reaction, yeah. it's like, okay, he, He's the only one that knows if he if he touched it or not. He's the only one that felt it. Why did he jump and, and act such way? If not, he wouldn't even have dove. Right. But then when you look at that other angle, it's like deceiving because it looks like it didn't. But then if you listen to Doris Burke, she's telling you everything against the Rockets at the end. And it's like, I love you to death. I mean, I know she's one of the goats to people. And, 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 I, and I respect her as well. She, I think she's awesome. But... She was just all over the wrong place against the Rockets last night at that game. And I'm thinking, man, just just calm down for a second. At one point or another, do you think these referees are extending these series? 
we've said that for years, right? I mean, with the NBA in particular, man, like there's always some shady stuff going on. But yeah, I felt like the Rockets, they should have had that game. I felt like the ball touched off of Adams and that should have been it. And it was funny too. Once they got to overtime, you could tell like the Rockets just could not score. It was definitely going the Thunder's way. They were getting all the rebounds and then you have Harden fouling out, which pretty much sealed the deal. Now, let's talk about Harden. And, hey, guys out there, Harden guy, I need you to get on here and check me and tell me why I'm right or wrong because 713-780-3776. Check it out. That game, I'm not the one that puts Harden in the LeBron James conversation to Kobe Bryant. I would never do it, dare so, but the way he scored in the last three, four years, people are throwing him in that type of conversation to be in those conversations. Those guys weren't just predominant scorers. Yeah. There's been a lot of scorers in the history in the NBA, but those guys were scorers at the right time. Those are guys that when you needed to put the game to sleep, the closer, they're going to, they're going to hit walk off buckets, you know, basketball type yesterday down by one 13 seconds on the clock. Even the announcer. I mean, if you go to my Twitter, I, I, I post a replay, even the announcer, because when they come out, and, and they go to inbound the ball, Harden standing at midcourt, at which time the announcer says Harden lines up in the back, starts in the backcourt. It seems like he's probably going to get a full head of steam before he gets going. So everyone's like, okay, he's going to get the ball. They inbound it, and I'm not expecting him to get the in- direct inbound if he can't get it. Oh, well, it's still 13 seconds. Go look for the ball. So what happens? They inbound it to, uh, I, forget, I think it goes house, then it goes... He passes it to Gordon. Gordon jumps like he's going to shoot it, doesn't have an open look, gives it back to House. House ends up getting fouled, goes to the line, makes one, misses one, overtime. Okay, you're telling me that Harden with 13 seconds isn't going to go get that ball? He has to go get that ball. Like he, ha- They have to take, I'm not going to say necessarily the last shot because maybe you want to leave yourself chance for an offensive, offensive uh, rebound, but... You have to go get that ball. If you go look, P.J. Tucker comes and tries to set a screen, off-ball screen to, to set him loose, and Harden doesn't even run. He takes two steps jogging, and he stops, and he watches the play. You can't be content with that. You cannot You cannot be, if you if you want to put him in those Kobe Bryant, LeBron James conversations, and LeBron James has been known to check out. We've, I mean, that, there's been a shadow on him for that, but we got to give him the same due because he, he could have killed that game. Win or lose, you say, hey, you know what, James, you— you lost it, cool, but he took the last shot. When do we see that killer mentality? I felt like we were seeing it in the first two games, especially game one. But you're right. I, I didn't see it. It felt like the Thunder just wanted that game a lot more, you know, especially towards the end. It felt like they were, and they should have, because if they go down 0-3, it's a wrap. But you could just tell by body language. And, you know, I'm looking at the box score here. You know, Harden, 38 minutes, 38 points. You think, hey, that's pretty good. But it didn't feel like 38 points. I got to say... If they keep putting LeGuint's Dort on James Harden, that's going to be a problem because Dort has been just absolutely annihilating Harden uh, when he's when he's defending him. So it's then, been so hard to play against Dort. So then Twitter's been going back and forth and saying, Dort's a hard, Harden killer how? Look at the box score. But then if you watch that game, I mean, I believe Harden was 0 for 7 or 0 for 8 before he hit a three-pointer. If you look at his stats, it, he's below, like, he's like 30%. He's been cold from three lately. Between him and Eric Gordon's stats last night, look at that. I mean, they were, they, they jacked up shots and they didn't make them. But the amount of share of the ball that he holds on that offense, especially with Westbrook out, yeah, he's going to, and I'm not saying that James isn't special. He is he's spectacular yes but he just you're telling me that he doesn't go and get that ball you're telling me that and i hate to compare him to i don't do it i hate that people that are like man that's baby jordan coming up you know whoever is coming out of the draft that's the next jordan that's a kobe i don't like to do that but people are trying to to to, to put him in that class of of players if you're going to put james hart in there how can you do that if he doesn't take those last shots no that's fair and you're right he was three for 13 from three yesterday and the game before that, he was two for 11 from three. You know, so he's been cold. So we go right here, Dr. Dre. He says he wants the MVP, but he doesn't want that smoke. Harden doesn't have the killer instinct. Rockets didn't want to win that last night either. It didn't feel like. It felt like they were comfortable. And my whole thing was if they could have locked down that game, then maybe you don't have to play Westbrook for the entire series. Do you think Westbrook comes back in this next game? Or, or which game do you think they come? he comes back now? If it's me... I make the Thunder win another game before I, I bring back. Yeah, Westbrook. I would wait till at least there, I know there's a game six because I think this is how the Rockets are. Do you ever see them sweep somebody? No. I don't remember them sweeping anybody. 
They didn't even sweep the Jazz last year, and they were like far and away a better team than them. So this is, I think you you save Westbrook till the second round. Yeah, it's it's a tricky call because you don't want to be that that coach that brought him back, and then he that first game you just see him try to explode, and then all of a sudden now he's out the next series. Yeah. You know the Rockets end up winning this series in a six seven game series, and you're like, oh my gosh, we got through this. The, the Rockets are going to the next round, and then the Westbrook's out the entire next round. What? What did you gain from this season? I've asked that plenty of times. Even the Harden guys that come at me, I say, where do you need to get 713-780-3776? Where do the Rockets need to get as a team for you to consider the small ball experiment successful, the bringing in of Westbrook successful? Where do they need to get Western Conference Finals? I, mean, I think they, they got to get to the finals. I think they got to beat the Clippers and the Lakers, but they're not going to. They're going to have to be at least one of the L.A. teams. If they do that, it doesn't matter what round they went to. I, I agree if with that. If they beat the Clippers or the Lakers, it's been a successful season in my book. But, yeah. but, even, but if they don't, it's just it's, that's it for D'Antoni, you got to think. And I mean, they were talking him up, D'Antoni, the broadcast team. You know, you're talking about, you know, their broadcast earlier. and They were all over D'Antoni. Man, he was hot at the end of that game. Did you see him? Yeah, the fouls were all over the place. The fouls in that particular game, you just, you know what you're seeing. You know, and especially knowing who, how Paul is. You've had him here in town even before that. Before he even came in town, you hated. Paul was one of those players that if he wasn't on your team, you don't like him just because the way he is. Then when he came to Houston, all of a sudden, you had to like him. Same thing with Westbrook. Right. All of a sudden, it's like I like them. People are going back on Twitter, being like, "Man, I got to delete those CP3 messages." Three kind of flopped there towards the end when they had that inbound, and they both fell down. Yeah, was, they were kind of having a flop off. What about um, that push off he did? Yeah. That push off with his elbow and hit the guy even, right in the junk. That's a flagrant. Yeah, that's even a flagrant. you could say that kind of last shot that he he took at the the very end of the game, that circus shot was kind of questionable too, because it looked like it, it was it was kind of questionable. It, it, I mean, that's where. Man, when you're elbowing guys there. That's how CP3 is, though. It is, man, but you know he did that on purpose. Yeah, and he did this back when he was at Wake Forest. Didn't he kick some dude in the nads when he played in the conference tournament at Wake Forest back yeah. at, like, 05, I think 06? he got kicked out, right? Yeah, he got ejected. That was that was a big part of um, his draft weaknesses, like... You know he he's 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 uh he's kind of sneaky, he, <laughs> explosive minuses elbows guys in the junk. Yeah, that's just also, who he is. <laughs> yeah, that's just, but that's just, he's a character guy. Now, going forward, okay, let's say the Rockets did. Let's say worst worst case scenario, Rockets go out there and they look bad next game, and then they lose again. You have to get rust that next game. Yes, you have to. There's no there's no waiting. No, that, that that's the thing, and that's why it would have been huge if they would have won that game. They should have won it. It was so close. So what happens in the future here, going to that point, I, I want to know your thoughts because I know you don't just bleed block Rocket Red. You like them to do well and stuff, but so I, I feel like the view you give me is 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 level-headed, okay? It's going to be like, Jerry, you're tripping. You're over-exaggerating. Maybe you're just mad because they lost your bet. Yes, I was <laughs> on the Rockets yesterday. Yes, okay? I was, I was sour as hell because I – I watch almost basketball, those small game situations that you expect. Okay, well, Harden, hey, 13, I, I even put it, 13, this is your moment. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna show up, this is your moment. Miss make it, whatever happens, it was your moment. Instead of Daniel House went to the line, he made one, missed one, then Harden got fouled out. We'll never know. We'll never know if he has that inside. No. And look, we'll we'll know something positive if he learns from that. And we see going forward that in those you know, crucial moments at the end of games that he wants the ball. You got to want the ball. You're James Harden. You're the best player on the team. I want the ball. I want the bets. I want to make you money. More money coming up here next. And we have another edition of Mock My Mock with Josh Jordan here on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. I assumed you knew... Mock my mock with Josh Jordan. Welcome back to 713-780-3776. That's that purple stuff. That's that good stuff. That's what you're hearing. That's what's going to get brought to you right now by Josh Jordan. This is how we do it. Here you go. All right, guys. Another edition of Mock My Mock. Last week, I drafted from the sixth spot in a 12-team draft. 
you kind of got an idea of how that one went. If you're curious, you can go back, uh, listen to the podcast, and, and check that out. This week, I went from the number one spot in the draft. Everybody wants the number one pick in their fantasy draft, right? So I bet everybody can guess who I took with the number one pick here. Barkley or McCaffrey? Christian McCaffrey. Yep, Christian is, is McCaffrey. It, is it PPR? Yes, it is PPR. Okay. I need to clarify that. It is PPR, and I went Christian McCaffrey there. I don't. To me, it's a no-brainer pick. I mean, the guy's on the field so much. He catches so many passes. That's who you take at number one. But remember, when you draft at number one, it's a long time before you get to pick again. You don't get to pick again until pick 24 overall, and then you have that back-to-back pick at, at 25. And for me, the real secret when drafting in this spot is you you would like one of those running backs to fall to you. And so I like starting running back, running back this year because I think receivers really deep. But the problem is, is, you know, all the way at pick 24, you're just hoping that maybe Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones, you know, somebody like that falls to you. That's what you're hoping for. But that did not happen in this draft. Both of those guys are gone. So when that happens, I think your best advice there is to go ahead and take the two best receivers on the board. You know, also Travis Kelsey was already off the board. George Kittle was wow. already off the board. Last last week you said that Kelsey was already off as well in yes. the second round quick. So just everyone out there know that everyone's on the Kelsey train and he's going to go fast. Yes, and Kittle I was able to get in the third round last week. He was gone. I couldn't even get him in the second round in this draft. So what wide receivers were available? Who'd you choose? So, so here is, is who's on the board. is I went with DJ Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster. I feel like... Those are that's about as good as you're going to get because if I would have taken another receiver, my options would have been Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, or Amari Cooper. So for me, I love DJ Moore this year. He was really good last year, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. I mean, near 100 catches, I think. You think highly of that Panthers offense? I think I think highly of him. I think he's got some Michael Thomas to him. What do you think about Bridgewater? I mean, he was... He got the ball to Michael Thomas last year when he filled in for Drew Brees, right? I mean, Michael Thomas didn't miss a beat. So I think you could see DJ Moore kind of in that Michael Thomas role and him just getting peppered with targets. So I really like DJ Moore. And then with Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, he was getting drafted in the first round last year. You're a Steelers guy, Jerry. I mean, Juju's a good player. What worries me is there are some reports that it looks like Roethlisberger's kind of short-arming the ball, you know, when he's coming back from elbow surgery. So... You know that that worries me a little bit. That if if Roethlisberger's not right, you saw what your quarterback situation looked like last year after Big Ben went down. It Terrible. was ugly. So Juju's the guy that I went with there. I'm hoping for a bounce back. Your other option is you could take one of the elite quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson was there. So if you know if I wanted to go all in and take Lamar Jackson, I could have done that. Where did Mahomes go? Mahomes in this draft went. Looks like he went in the second round. Wow, did Lamar Jackson really go in front of him? Wow, somebody took Lamar Jackson in front of Mahomes. Mahomes went in the third round. Is that blasphemy to you? By no means necessary. Can you take Lamar over with the rushing yards? That's another question. Let me ask you on that. What do you think? Is that 100% positive that it should be on Mahomes? I would go with Mahomes. I just... When guys have years like that, like career years, typically they don't return that value again. Usually they let you down a little bit. And to me, Mahomes is a little safer because he gets most of his points from throwing the ball. And with Lamar Jackson, I'm just worried he's not that big a guy. I'm worried he might get injured. And I think he's on the cover of Madden. I know it's just superstition. Dun, but dun, I, I know, dun. right? But I, I don't like taking Game guys. Over. I know. And I think Mahomes was on the cover of Madden the year before. Yeah, and- but uh, you know who um, that kind of that whole thing kind of broke when Tom Brady. He won the Super Bowl. He was on the Madden curse, and they won the Super Bowl. So I think the curse is over. There are some outliers, but it seems to happen. I mean, last year, Mahomes he dislocated his knee. <laughs> you were you like, know, hold yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> luckily, he's not human. Yeah, luckily, he has rubber knees, and, and it popped back in. So it, just for me, I like waiting on quarterback. I, I like getting value. I got Lamar Jackson last year in like the 10th or 11th round. So I'm going to be looking to... You know, in the 10th, 11th round, maybe, you know, Drew Brees or Tom Brady or, you know, maybe I'll wait a really long time and get Matt Stafford or maybe in the 9th or 10th round, Matt Ryan. Like, those are the guys I'm going to target this year. Guys like Kyler Murray are, are tempting, but I'm not taking him in the 4th or 5th round. That's just too soon for what me. What kind of value did you find at other spots? Well, after that, then once again, because you're at that swing pick, you know, you don't get to pick again for a long time. So then I don't get to pick again until pick 48. And that's where I, I decided to go with the rookie for some upside. I go with Jonathan Taylor right there. Nice. You know, so the Colts running back, they have the best offensive line in the league. But we know 
that it could be a little tricky because he's a rookie. He may not really start getting those carries until you know, like week eight. But we saw that with Alvin you know, Kamara when he was a rookie. You know, once we started getting a few games in, he was a superstar. So then on my back-to-back pick, I take DJ Chark right there. I get another receiver I really like. And the big decision for me right there was DK Metcalf was on the board. That was very tempting because I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and then Devontae Parker and Devin Singletary were there. So I went ahead and went with DJ Chark. I just think he's a great athlete. And Minshew's, they're going to be trailing in a lot of games. How much narrative has changed around Metcalf in one season? Because coming in, they said he had a limited route tree. He was only a certain type of route runner. The young man has shown that even though he's big like the Hulk, he can move. He can get in and out of spots. His acceleration is there. He's a playmaker. We saw him. He was one of the coveted pieces in, in DraftKings in that world towards the end of the fantasy playoff or the, the, the DraftKings playoffs because yeah. he was outscoring everyone. He was. He had a great year. I, mean, I think he had like 900 yards or something like that. And for a rookie to do that, you got to expect big things the next year. So I'm really high on him. And then later I went ahead and got some running back depth. Uh, at 72 overall, took Cam Akers, the the Rams running back. And then I took Raheem Mostert right there. That's who I like, yeah. Cam Akers. I think he's going to be the starter. See, and the thing is, is because I took Jonathan Taylor, I knew he may not start for a few games. So that's why I added some depth and gave myself some options with Cam Akers and Raheem Mostert. So I know I had somebody to start at my number two running back. So that's why I approached it. And then a little later, I got Marlon Mack. It picked 96 overall, so I locked up the Colts' backfield. Yeah, you, you kind of handcuffed them. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can have the beginning, the bulk of the carries to start the year, and then you're going to have the back end in case Taylor over-exceeds expectations and they give him the, the keys to the car. Now, let me ask you this. You talk about DK Metcalf, and depending where your ADPs are for everyone, um, he comes around somewhere in that 45 to 50 range, okay? And then I, I look right above that, and David Johnson's right there at 44th, and then Le'Veon Bell is on the other side of him at 50th. Crazy, though, to think that these guys, I mean, you're talking about David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell around the same areas of DK Metcalf as a receiver. It's tricky right there. That's why I think that the base of your of your team has to be, you knew you had McCaffrey, so you knew you could take a chance on your RB2. Yes, that's exactly the case. And what worry, I, I like Le'Veon Bell, but guess what happened? They signed Frank Gore. You know, so it, old yeah, yeah, he came in and took those touchdowns from Singletary, Singletary last year for the Bills, and there's just something about Adam Gase. He loves Frank Gore. He's gonna be playing like when we're like in our fifties. We're gonna we're gonna be like like fifty something. I'm gonna be like in, in like in like a retirement home, and he I'm gonna retire before Frank Gore. He's 37 years old. We got a question here from 315 on the text line, Kamara. Or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I'm taking Kamara right there. I just He catches 80 passes every year. And, and I love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, I think he's going in the first round now, You know, right around five or six. And last week when I drafted in the sixth spot, that's who I took. I, I took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think he's going to be great. We saw Kareem Hunt come in as a rookie and have a huge fantasy season. So I think it could happen again. Yeah, yeah he beat people up. Too. Yes. <laughs> he punched Sorry. him right in the mouth. He punched him right in the mouth. Now let's get over to the text line. We get a lot of, man, I guess we got a lot of Cowboys fans listening because they are hype over Ooh. the um, Earl Campbell. Oh, <laughs> Earl Campbell. He's coming news. back. He's coming back. Earl Thomas News. I'm thinking about the, the fantastic sausages <laughs> I'm going to throw on my grill later on. The Earl Thomas News. Now check this guy out. Our guy Andrew that called in earlier, Moneyliners, you're going to love this. He hit us up on the text line. He says, hey, it's Andrew. Thanks for putting me on the call line. I'm kind of proud of myself I didn't slip up and say any of the four bad radio words because I took three hits of acid last night, and I'm still tripping hard. Yeah. <laughs> Tell Moneyline it's a good show. You, you still kind of feel the effects uh, for like a, a, about four or 24 to 48 hours of acid, you kind of feel the effects for he, a while. Is that Not what you that hear? I know. He's but. hallucinating um, that he's in the Ocean's Cabaret right now off those hits of acid. Hey, yeah. shout out to you for, for being committed to the show and still being up. He's thinking, man, I can't even go to sleep. It's not even that I like it yeah, all you, that much. It's, you're not sleeping when you do acid most of the time. So that's what I, I'd imagine he was kind of like, uh, you know, see what's on, see what's going on here while I'm coming down. So <laughs> not that best. I know any of this. No, a friend told you that, right, uh, Trey? Th- uh, yeah, a friend told me. <laughs> <laughs> that is I've the best way. I've never done acid before in my life. That's the best way to experience the show with acid. So now we have that. Why not? It's a Sunday, right? So Yeah, this is um I think we're breaking all of the blue laws, you know? I don't think 
Are you allowed to talk about doing acid on a Sunday here in Texas? <laughs> Never heard of it. Now, we also got some guys talking about the Rockets. The last time the Rockets swept the playoff series, Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon was a GOAT. That, 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 that's how long it's been since you swept the play, playoff series. Then we get a lot of from our guys just saying, Harden's the most overrated player in NBA history. And that's what sucks about him because when you think about him, it's not like he's, you're saying he's the worst. It's just... Where people want to paint him. Like, you have to, I think you have to realize who he is. Is he an all time scorer? Is he great at that? Or whatever the case is. Yes. I mean, he, he's the best scorer. I'm not going to say of my time because I still, I still believe that these other guys that I've seen being prolific scorers are better. But what you need to see out of someone like that is the killer instinct. And, I, and it sounds so cliche. It sounds like, man, you're beating a dead horse. No. It's something you have to see out of him. It's basketball. If you're down by one, you and you grew up, you would you would be out there and you didn't have no friends around hooping. You'd say, man, you do your own countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, right? You would go up there three at the buzzer, two by yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what you accustomed to. That's how you would play when no one else was around. So why can't he play like that? That, that? That's what he's expected. No way in his head can he think. You know, it's cool if I just sit at midcourt and let them take uh, the responsibility of this. No doubt. He's going to need to make some changes in this next game. And speaking of changes, guys, we're all dealing with them and wearing a mask. And, you know, you want one with, with comfort. That's the change we're getting used to. You got to wear a mask, but you want one that protects you and it's comfortable. And that's why everybody at ESPN 97.5, we recommend the Boomer Naturals three-layer comfortable and highly breathable mask i just reached for mine right here so if you can see it on twitch guys it's right here we wear these they're fantastic we really use them they come in sizes for adults teens and children they're all in stock ready to ship to you and one of the reasons that people like them that we like them is they're highly protective with the nano silver technology that's woven into the fabric and it can block those tiny drops and particles from getting to your nose and mouth and clearly guys that's what it's all about that's why you're wearing the mask you want the best protection they also offer popular nano silver neck gaiters so if you want one of those you can do that they also donate a face cover for every order to nonprofits, so they're they're helping the community they're helping people out how do you get them you ask well you go over to boomernaturals.com and you use promo code jordan you'll save 20 percent right there guys they all have different styles and colors all kinds of stuff it's fantastic that's code jordan at boomernaturals.com Hey, you get free shipping if you spend 50 bucks. so it's just a great way to protect yourself and be comfortable. You don't want to be like those Chiefs fans and taking off your mask. You want to wear it and protect yourself. Go to BoomerNaturals.com, promo code JORDAN. This is Hyvin Trophy winner and College Football Hall of Fame, Mike Rozier, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. And the bomb just dropped. Not a, not a Jerry Bow bet bomb, but a Earl Thomas bomb coming from the NFL. He has been released by the Ravens. Wow. I like our dramatic music there. That was fantastic. Good job, Trey. Thanks. It happened. We were just talking during the break. I... I think Jerry Jones is probably on the phone with him right now. Don't you guys think? Hey, uh, I, was, I didn't mean it earlier. You know, I've always wanted you. It wasn't you. It's me. Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> you know uh, it's business. You know what? What can I say? Uh, we, it's business. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I take back everything I've said. It's business. And you can kneel if you want to. You know, that's all, that's where we're at right now. You have to make moves that, that'll better your team. What better move than that? Dr. Dre said, hey, come on home. Come on home, I think, I Earl think Thomas. Earl Thomas kneeling is what got him in this situation at, at, and the, for the Ravens anyways with his brother. He was kneeling. and <laughs> <Ba-da-ba>. <laughs> Either way, someone out there is going to get lucky because the Ravens, although they have a, a stout secondary, we, we know that, okay? We know that. But they had to – they lost Weddle. Not lost him, but that move was made – to where they weren't so worried about re-signing him because they had expectations they could pick someone else. That hole was filled by Earl Thomas. Now, all of a sudden, it's not going to be there. That's still got to hurt them going forward at one way or another. It does, but, I mean, obviously, they're not doing this unless they think they're better off. 
So, I mean, I don't know if there's a team that runs their organization any better than the Ravens. I no. mean, you know what I mean? They are just the way they draft. I mean, they're they're phenomenal at that. So, I, you got to think they're making the right decision. Here. How bad? What did he do to make this stuff go that? I mean, because okay, you talk about that fight. So then Earl Thomas he dropped the video of of the play that it happened on, and you can see. So what happens is it's a miscommunication, and the other guy's the backup. Yeah. So like, well, how how's he? have the seniority over to, to punk on Thomas. So he's getting on Thomas about a play that Thomas blew. Basically, the coverage was blown. It's it's in practice, not even a game. And then they start bickering back and forth. Things get said. People are held back. Then later on during the practice, here they go at it again. But that's Earl Thomas. You're talking about the backup? I think it was a, a collective sort of um, agreement by the players on the team that they wanted Earl gone. Like, I think... So there were some players on the defense, from what I heard, that were were kind of speaking out to upper management that they didn't want him back, and that was what kind of let him out, from what I heard. Well, we saw that he got into it with one of his teammates yeah, last Clark. year. Oh yeah, Brandon Williams. Right. So this isn't a, a one-time thing. That's who. That's, that's. It seems like he he has a little mouth on him and an attitude. What attitude did he come from? What kind of defense did he come from? Now you say we didn't hear him that much in the Legion of Boom, but they were just a different character. I don't believe that anyone was talking to Camp Chancellor a certain way. You know, he would have mm-hmm. sat somebody down. Now you say, well. What do the Ravens look like now as far as not just at the safety position but their cornerback position? Man, they're still loaded. They got yes. Humphrey Peters and Jimmy Smith still back there. Those are those are shut-down guys. They are, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, they are loaded in the secondary. I mean, that's why every year they're – you know, they have a chance at winning the whole thing. Also, let's not forget who else they traded for in the offseason. They went and got Calais Campbell, too. So that D-line D D is going to be just insane. So they're, they're not hurting. They're, they're not going to be hurt by this. I'm telling you who is hurting right now, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Yesterday, during the, uh, the Mavs game, the Clippers, Montrez Harrell made a shot. Um, it was under the rim. Luka happened to be around him, at which point the camera caught the lip reading. They, you were able to lip read what Harrell said, and he says along the lines of, you um, I can't say the word, the, the, the part of, of, you know, of a person. He called him that, and he said, you punk ass white boy. The cameras caught that, and now a lot of people are jumping back saying, well, that's the equivalent of, you know, if, if he would have said it in a different form, like to say a Hispanic or a black guy, what are we doing here with that? Because the cameras caught him. I don't know what to think of it. I, I, you know this goes on every play, but the camera literally just comes on him, and he says, He's, he he just basically says, man, you're a, you're a boom. And he says, uh, you know, that white boy can't hold me or something to that extent. You know what I mean? But it's it, to me, I'm just thinking, man, that's just such a bad look at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, we have Antonio Brown calling Mike Mayock a cracker. Yeah, everybody I mean, <laughs> got really outraged over that. <laughs> so we've seen it a little more intense. I it's just not like think this that's is hilarious. New, though. It's like that's that's what they would say to Larry Bird all the time. Yeah, that's exactly what they would say. So a a topic of came out of this because a lot of white guys start coming on there and they're like, man, I've always been caught something. Some guys said it was a bunch of white guys that would show up to to the courts and every one of them they were called as Larry or Bird. Every time they shoot, they'd be like, Bird, Bird. And they said, I've been used to this. Some guys said, man, I used to be called Van Horn. Old school Keith Van Horn. Kurt Rambis. Kurt Rambis. One guy said, man, I was a big guy, a big white guy, you know, and they always called me Big Country. Jason, yeah. uh, the what's his face? That tall dude on the Mavs, uh, Bradley. Oh, Sean Bradley. On. Sean Bradley. Uh, just again, it's it's something that it's. I guess it's been around the stereotyping. I guess you could call it. Some people wouldn't look at it exactly as as racist, but whenever you do it in that form and, and the camera's on you, it just looks bad. And it's 2020. Yeah, you know? I wouldn't. I would have used better wording. I mean, just in 2020, everybody's gonna get upset about something. That's just. You have to be so much more careful about what you say now. It's just the times we live in. Times we're living in right now, these 2020 COVID times, the wildfire times, you know, because we, we get we deal with a hurricane problems that hopefully don't hit us this week. But Northern California, they've burned about 215 acres worth of, you know, of, of, of trees and just, you know, the wildfires. One resident says, man, I lost everything in the fire before. I'm not going to do it again. So basically, a fire broke out, and he said, man, he got his family out of there, and he said he was looking under the ground where the fire was coming up, and he said, I don't know what to do other than here. I don't have enough water. So at which point, 
He remembered the jokes of his friends used to make and say, that Bud Light you drink, that's basically watered beer. So he said he put out the fire with Bud Light. <laughs> I would That would work well for John Granado as well, because he's a big Coors Light drinker. And, uh, you know, if he's ever in a fire, he can just throw some of that on there and he's good. The man explains, I was burning on the wood below. Oh, it, it was burning the wood below. I didn't have any water. When I ripped up the sheet metal, it had a nail. So I started shaking the cans, popping the cans, and out went that fire. <laughs> I mean, if it works, it works, right? I guess you got to be careful about which type of alcohol you use to put out fire with because some of the more potent stuff, you might uh, have a worse fire on your hands. That's what I was thinking. And speaking of fire... Little Wayne was smoking fire on the uh, on the on the on the fan cam that they let him on during the Lakers Blazers game. That's exactly what he did. He started blazing the fire. Little Wayne, you know they they tell you the guidelines because my my daughter she got on the WWE when the Thunderdome. They have their own one that they just started. My daughter's big wrestling head, so she got on there and it gave you guidelines of things you're not allowed to do. And I start thinking, you know, they have people regulating, like watching, you know, they have to have moderators, right? They're not just going to let you, Hey, you're in go ahead. It's rip it on national TV. You know, there's nobody moderating him. Like if you, uh, nah, he's a little way. say you're the, say you're in charge of, okay, you, you're in charge of this section, a section B section, whatever. And then, okay, you got little Wayne in yours. And then you're like, do I say, any, how do I check little Wayne? Like, do I report him? I'm not reporting Tucci. You know, I'm not doing it. <laughs> how does so, that work? The whole fan cams thing. Is it like a chat room? It says like, like zero. It has like a number of slots open and you can just jump in and have your face on there. Or do you have to like pay to get on or something it's free the one the ww thunderdome and i'm not sure if the other ones did it it was like a first comes first serve so once that you're registered and then they email it to you like hey it's open then you get on and then it gives you like a little screen on the side my daughter was on and then she could still watch the fight on the on the rest of the screen and then during commercials the wrestlers were talked to them like they were not the ones that were fighting but there was other entertainment going on they were like hey thanks for checking in blah 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 so it's and that's they, really cool. And theirs were smaller. If you see the NBA ones, they're kind of wide on there. Like the the other ones were like little zoom windows. They were all like all over the place. So again, we're gonna look back. I'm not gonna be able to explain to someone 30 years from now what it was like to see virtual fans. It's just tough. You know, you see them doing on the on the free throws, doing the waved. Like, yeah, it's very Black Mirror esque. Uh, we're is. living in a Black Mirror episode. You know, we're gonna end up seeing like somebody's ass on there or something, right? You know, it's bound to happen. You could get Holly uh, Holly Rose or what's her uh, what's her face? That girl who was at the the World Series. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about She'd that. She'd be down. Yeah. Now, with these COVID times again, we have to be. We have to be careful because everyone's situation's different. Some people have, have endured losses. Some haven't, you know. Some think it's whatever. So, man, this school here, the University of uh, – I'm sorry. I, I forgot the name. It's a, it's a, it's a mid, little sil- schoolman's college of it's, – it's, it's a derivative of Yale University, but it's a, it's a residential college. Of, it's called the Silman College. Excuse me on that. So, basically – they sent out a letter to parents basically saying, hey, we know the COVID regulations, but you could word it better than this. They said we should all be emotionally prepared for widespread infections and possibly deaths in our communities. You should be emotionally prepared for the fact that your residential college life will look more like a hospital instead of a college. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> Welcome to college. Prepare for your kid to die. Yeah. <laughs> Are you even sending in your pain? But we still need that check. Yeah, we need that check for sure. Yeah, your kid may. Some of you may die, but that's a that's a you know that's something we're willing to live with. If my kid dies, shouldn't I get my money back? <laughs> that, and, and you see, Notre Dame canceled their classes. Uh, North Carolina, the same. Some of those kids are starting to sue. I saw they're starting to sue back because they need that money back. There's got to be some kind of a discount. But at this point, I mean, if parent, the school's telling you, like, you, you someone's going to die. We're going to see some of those infomercials, you know, like the mesothelioma in a few years. Like, warning, did your kid die at college? Oh, you might be onto something, Trey. Neymar earlier this week, after the Champions League game he's going to play today, he took off his jersey not thinking about it. And, that you know, they do the jersey switches. UEFA almost suspended him for the game today. If, if PSG wasn't owned by all that old money, there's some Saudi princes uh, that, that own that team. Honestly, they're owned by Saudi prince. You know they weren't letting Neymar sit out that game. There were some calls made and say, hey, we, we ain't playing no games. Neymar's playing. But they, UEFA came out and said, we will suspend this man for the final. He, was not, he broke regulations. What's going to happen in the NFL when that happens? Man, it, 
these guys, they just got it. And you still see guys high-fiving all the time, and they're trying not to. They're trying to remember, but it's just muscle memory. It's like when you walk up to somebody in the street or you know, and meet a friend, and you naturally want to shake their hand, but you, you're not supposed to do that anymore. Head nod. Yeah. Yeah, or the elbow bump, or, or how about the bow? Yeah, we're going to bring back the bow. We're going to bow right here to the last segment. We got one segment left. Anything you got, get it off your chest. On Twitch, on the tweet line, 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975. You listen to Moneyline here on ESPN 97.5. At ESPN 97.5, we wear Boomer Naturals masks. Order now at BoomerNaturals.com and use promo code ESPNHouston for 20% off. Patrick was way behind on his IRS taxes. I was in way over my head. The total amount ended up being somewhere just over $30,000. $30,000. Then the IRS came to collect. Started getting letter after letter. A lien had been filed against me. They were going to basically like hang me completely out to dry. He had to do something. That's when I reached out to Optima Tax Relief. Patrick's life quickly got a lot easier. It was very easy. Pretty much hands off, you know. They picked up the ball and ran with it. And how'd it go? I couldn't believe it. I had to ask like two or three times. I saved an incredible amount of money. How does Patrick feel about Optima? Couldn't be happier. They definitely helped me. Optima Tax Relief, the best place to call. They're the best in the business. Do what Patrick did and call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-845-8122. 800-845-8122. 800-845-8122. Optima Tax Relief. Hey, soccer fans, Glenn Davis here. Thank you for supporting Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5, brought to you by presenting sponsor, the Daspit Law Firm. Don't forget, join me for the best in soccer talk and football talk weekly on ESPN 97.5. Ramjack Foundation Repair has been repairing foundation damage for homeowners and businesses for over 40 years. Our singular focus has helped Ramjack develop and refine a system of foundation repair that is virtually without fail and warranted for life. Too often, Companies offer guarantees that are meaningless and without value. Unfortunately, these guarantees seem to disappear when a company closes, changes a product or service, or simply decides to retire. As a homeowner, who do you call when there's no one to call? Ramjack is different. Our goal is to provide affordable, permanent solutions for each and every customer, which is why we provide a written lifetime transferable warranty backed by a lifetime national warranty trust. This program was specifically developed to protect you, the homeowner. Deciding on who will repair your home's foundation is critical. Don't do it twice. Do it right. Call Ramjack. Call 713-599-0102. That's 713-599-0102. Or visit us on the web at ramjack.com. Hey, Lance and Craig surf here. So tell me this. Why do you guys have such great pre-owned vehicles with so many low mileage? I don't understand how you're getting those. The reason why, Lance, is we're out in the middle of nowhere and no one drives anywhere. So they just sit around, take them in on trade, sell them as a cream puff. And look, you can buy online if you want to buy online. They can deliver it out there. But low mileage pre-owned vehicles right now are all the rage because you are saving money and a lot of people need to trade down. So make sure that you get your vehicle at LanceZCars.com. Tune in every Sunday to the Whiskey Neat Podcast. Each week, Chris Hart discusses barrel-aged spirits and interviews experts from the industry. Listen to the Whiskey Neat Podcast on ESPN 97.5 or Podcast Arena. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. And many of you might be asking, why are these guys coming back with John Mayer? Your body is a wonderland. Well, there has to be a reason, right, Jerry? I hope so. John Mayer, man, myth, legend. Here's our headline. John Mayer was once in a thruple for months with two smoking reality stars just cemented his legend status. What is a thruple? That's when you got two girlfriends. Or it could be where, oh, like, have you seen the show The Politician? Uh, the, 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 mayor, the congresswoman has two boyfriends. We don't judge here on Moneyline. You could, have, you could do both. You could do it both ways. And, I mean, or you could do one dude, one girl. 
I guess you could. <laughs> I'll leave that Wait, for no, somebody that would, else. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. I don't know about that, Trey. But anyway, so what happened was apparently he was he was dating Jennifer Aniston. Man, it's good to be John Mayer. I mean, he is he's got some Derek Jeter type stats when it, it comes a, to the ladies. It, his music is like really unsufferable, but like you know, it, it, he's the he's personifies. Every dude at a party with a guitar. He's like, you know, I got my guitar. You can tell how sensitive I look. Women love that. <laughs> they do. And when you're John Mayer, you're actually a great guitar player. So that he helps. He's really good. And it's funny that what do we always hear with these thruples or these threesomes, right? Somebody always gets jealous. It's got to be. It always. And that's what she said. She's like, yeah, you know, we definitely there were some snags. I definitely got a little jealous towards the end because I knew he liked her more. But you knew what you signed up for. So when does jealousy come to play? Is it because there is it during the phys- the actual uh, how do we say this interactions, the intercourse that you're saying, man, you paid more attention to her during this time? Or is it more emotionally like you just treat me good in bed and you don't love me? You know, it's just you knew yourself what you were getting into. Yeah. And eventually, like she stopped dating him and then the other chick and him continued dating. So. And they all met up from what I am understand. They were getting hammered on the first night that they met the girl, the, the, the one that was added to the relationship. Yes. Whenever he flew out and then they were, there was a breakup of some sort. He came back to search for that girl that partied with them he did and yeah he, he sought her out and then she brought another chick in the relationship and i think he ended up liking her more so it's pretty funny she said like in the end for like a year they weren't friends anymore and then eventually both of them had broken up with john Mayer, and then they started becoming friends again so they couldn't really get along isn't that until, how, yeah yeah isn't that what lou williams is doing he has two girlfriends as well apparently according to drake well, I mean, isn't that that's why you want to be a pro athlete? That's why you want to be a rock star to do stuff like that? Yeah. Honestly, one's enough for me. <laughs> One woman is enough. I, I think if I was a, listening a, to two. A, a superstar or like a, a, a rock star, I wouldn't even have any girlfriends, though. You know, you can't give them that title because that's when jealousy comes about. Yeah. Once you give them that title, it's, it's done. You're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> you are. And it's nice to have options, I guess. It's, it's pretty amazing when you see a lot of these guys that are like, 21 and they're married and you know like straight out of college and you're like like baker mayfield getting married that early and then remember we saw the reports about he was messing yeah yeah you know cheesing behind the cheesecake factory he was and apparently he had some action in his suv some chick just showed up and he met her through twitter and he told her like hey you have to leave your cell phone in your car and then come and get in my suv and the chick said like yeah it was kind of risky because I just had to meet him in a parking lot in an SUV, and I didn't even see him. I love how, like, yeah. meeting up with your side piece has become like going to a comedy show. Soon enough, Baker Mayfield will have those pouches you give him that locks your phone up. <laughs> like, they do a comedy show. Well, what's funny is she's like, you know, so I had to just go on faith that it was him in the car. So she's, you know, leaving her phone in her car and just getting in some stranger's SUV just on the hope that through social media, it's actually him. She keeps looking like she's walking up with the Instagram or wherever the post like, man, it's got the blue check. It's it's (laughs) got to be. She looks in and she it's I mean, that's you're playing with fire. Yes. Now, let's switch over here. I got one bet that you should make or should be looking at before we get out of here real quick. Is there anything to. Second-year quarterbacks winning the MVP. Wentz was in the lead before that injury, okay? Some people say that he was the front-runner. We saw Mahomes. We saw Jackson. Well, this year, a lot of money is getting put on Murray at 20-to-1 odds. You've heard that out there. There might be something to this, not saying that just because he's a second-year, but it just seems like the, the, the position he's in right now, there's a lot of talk about him having every right weapon, being in the right system. Do you think there's anything to that? Because as of right now, 9% of the tickets in William Hill Sportsbook are on Kyler Murray. For me, let's let's face it, right? Because of that division, if they win and they do well, yeah, if you're beating the Seahawks and you're beating the Niners who went to the Super Bowl, he could end up being the MVP if he puts up those big numbers. Hopkins is there. You know, he starts out, their first game is against the 49ers. So, and then they play Washington, the Lions, and the Panthers. So, three of their first four are very winnable games. And then they play the Jets and the Cowboys. So, if they get off to a good start and they make the playoffs, he might win it. But for me, the guy that I don't like is Lamar Jackson. And I'll tell you why. I was just going to ask you that. Right. Because think of what the numbers he put up last year. He's going to have to do that or even more. And that feels like a career season. And, and, 
you know how we are. Like LeBron doesn't win MVP every year. We get tired of voting for the same people. So for me, I'm not touching Lamar Jackson. It's funny, man. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. What would he have to do as far as expectations, as far as to what he did? Because those numbers were crazy. Yes. So he's going to have to beat that to be an MVP? Or are they more liable to say, you know, that he didn't do as well as last year. Let's give it to this guy. Now, we said 9% of the tickers on Kyler Murray. Tom Brady's getting the most money behind him at 18 to 1. 15% of the tickets are on him. Then Dax Prescott, he's getting 14% of the tickets, although his odds dropped from 15 to 1 to 25 to 1. And then you have Cam Newton that went from 100 to 1. And there's a guy out there that put 500 bucks on him when he was still 100 to 1. And then now he's at 30 to 1 because he's on the Patriots. What 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 would he have to do? What would the Patriots have to do as a whole? Like, does it does the success of the Patriots and the longevity of how far or or what how they end the regular season does that? I guess relate to what we think of Cam Newton. It has to, right? Yeah, I could easily see Cam as like comeback player of the year. I think that could definitely happen. I think Cam is kind of getting undervalued over there, like for at least in the media, because everybody's painting him as like this bridge gap quarterback, like. Everybody thinks the Patriots are going to suck next year, but they still have the defensive player of the year and Stephon Gilmore, the greatest coach ever, and a quarterback that's when healthy is a 12-4 and type player that can take you to the playoffs. I don't get that. And it's a terrible division. And you're hearing from Camp that Newton, Hoyer, and Stidham are splitting reps. So at this point, I'm not by any means. Stidham's hurt, I believe, right? Yeah, well, he's on the shelf for right now. But again, I don't. I just can't see them bringing in Newton and him riding the pine. I can't either. And, you know, we're about to get out of here. Jerry, if I'm going to bet on these MVP odds, where should I do that at? My bookie. My bookie, guys. The NBA is back. The NFL is right around the corner. You got baseball every day. And it's the time to get down with some bets. You want to go over to mybookie.ag. It's simple. You bet, you win, they pay. They have over 150 NBA bets to choose from at mybookie.ag. And don't forget about the UFC, MLB, golf, soccer. Jerry told you about that soccer bet Hit today. That bet. Hit that bet. If you missed it, go to Podcast Arena, check out. Uh, it's also at 97.5.com. Check out the podcast and listen to that bet. If you missed it, you just want to go to mybookie.ag and place that bet. And if you join today, we'll double your first deposit. They will match it, guys. Where else are you going to get that done? You want to use promo code RADIO to get that special offer, guys. You bet, you win. They pay mybookie.ag. Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next week. Peace.